What's the good word YouTube? Actor Jonathan Ruckman from Boardwalk Empire and currently starring in ABC's For a Life as Officer Steele will be performing these stories. Please show him some love and follow him on Twitter at the John Ruckman. All right, Ruckman, take it away. I worked in an LTC and I had two experiences. We had a man that was actively dying. Staff made him as comfortable as they could. Now, when he passed, I was at the nursing station. There was a bright light that flashed in his room. Now, prior to that, he told the CNA that was attending him that his wife was coming to get him. The second part, he screamed like he was dying for like all evening, for hours that he was burning and in so much pain. He was administered enough morphine to kill a horse. And right before he died, he screamed, get the F away from me. No, no. Nobody was in his room. I died twice myself. Once when I was a child and once as an adult. I had no experiences like that. I don't remember anything, actually. My creepiest and scariest ghost story happened for me about a year ago. It was really more of a possession than a ghost story. I was helping another nurse with a patient that had lived a very, very hard life. It had numerous things going on with him, from cardiac to renal failure. You name it, he had it going on. This man was very much afraid to die. And every time his heart monitor beat, he would just go into a rage screaming, don't let me die, don't let me die. The other nurse and I found out why he didn't want to die. At about 0200, his cardiac monitor started alarming VTEC. We both rushed into the room. I'm pulling the crash cart behind me. When I get to the room, the other nurse is completely white. This man, was sitting about two inches above his bed and was laughing. His whole look completely changed. His eyes just had this look of pure evil on them. And then he had this evil smile on his face. He laughed at us and he said, you stupid bitches aren't gonna let me die, will you? And then he laughed again. We were kind of frozen. I did reach up and hit the code blue button. And when I did, the man went into V-fib. He crashed back into the bed. We started coding him, but after about 20 minutes, it was called. Five minutes after code was called, several of the code team in the room cleaning up with this, when this man sits straight up in his bed and says, you let him die, too bad. And then begins laughing. The man collapsed back into the bed. We heard a horrible, agonizing scream actually every patient in a unit that like commented on the screen and then you could hear don't let me die begin to whisper throughout the unit every one of the nurses that night was pale and scared nobody went anywhere by themselves by the morning the whispers don't let me die were gone the night shift nurses had a prayer service in the break room before we left for home and then we all had nightmares for weeks. A patient told me she knew her baby would not live, even though she had an emergency C-section for distress. I asked her how she knew. She said she had seen a family member in the hallway going to the OR that had recently died. 
and they told her they would take care of the baby. Not much so much of a ghost story, but a story about when my mom died a year ago. She was at my sister's house for two weeks and started going downhill. Hospice was called on Saturday and she lapsed into a coma on Tuesday. Me and my other sister got to the house on Wednesday. On Thursday, my mom woke up for three hours and was talking to other people in the room. My dad had died in 2000 and she kept saying, Frank, would you leave me alone? I'm not ready to go with you yet. Then she would get pissed and yelled at him in German. She was from Germany. Then she saw her mother who passed away in 1964. She said, Mama, and started to cry when, and then spoke German to her for about an hour. She was reliving her childhood with her and talking about things they had did when she was small. And she was laughing and having a good time with her mom. My mom lost twin boys in her fifth month in 1966. And she was talking with them and said, I'm so glad your Oma was there for you. I was so afraid you were alone. All of us in the room. There was about 15 of us and were in wonder the entire time. This went on for three hours. She would talk to them and then us. And at one time she turned to me and said, Oh, Jimmy, I didn't know you were here too. Do you see all the people waiting for me? She was afraid to die because of the unknown, I guess. Next day, Thursday, she didn't wake up at all. She woke up again on Friday morning for about an hour while I was in the room with her. She said she wasn't afraid anymore and that she had seen heaven. She just wanted my dad to stop bugging her because she hadn't finished her job yet. She told me that the dog had passed away six months before that was with my dad. She died the next day. My brother Mike was 16 and had an AVM in the brain and had had a bleed. He had surgery and survived. Anyway, about three days after surgery, he woke up and he said he had talked to Granny, who had died like three years earlier, and to Jeffrey, my other brother, who had also died like 19 years earlier from a blown aneurysm from an AVM. Mike's first words were, Granny said, she was okay and that she was really sorry for being so mean at the end. See, she had dementia and she was in a lot of pain before she died and was very verbally and physically abusive to all. He had also said that Jeffrey said to tell mom that he was okay and that he did not suffer and had no pain. Jeffrey also said that Curtis, my other brother, was okay and had nothing bad in his head like we did. Well, this really shook my mom up for about two to three months after that. Mike went to see his neurologist for a follow-up and stopped by the ICU to see the nurses and actually ran into one of the surgical nurses who was at his OR during his operation. She was surprised to see him and said how he was very lucky during surgery. You see, his heart stopped beating twice and the surgeon said if it had happened a third time, they would have let him go. I worked in the ICU caring for a patient with breast cancer who was dying, minimally responsive for days. This was a long time ago when I actually kept dying patients in ICU. Anyway, she suddenly awoke and was very lucid, asking for some water. 
I was a little stunned, but I got water for her. After she drank, she said, Do you know what Jesus asked me? Of course, I got a few chill bumps at this point, but answered, No, what? And she said, He asked me if I'd have done everything with love. And what did you say? I replied. I told him that I'd tried, she said. I told him that most likely this is all of us are capable of doing. I turned her over with some pillows and she fell asleep and died about 10 minutes later. Needless to say, this has affected me greatly. I want to be able to give the right answers when Jesus asks. The second incident. We had an older man with a massive heart attack, lots of other problems, and he ended up on a ventilator. He was the meanest old coot ever. His granddaughter worked at the hospital and apologized for his behavior and told us he had always been quite a, a rounder. He would bite, kick, spit, and had to be restrained to keep him from pulling every line out he ever had. We coded him three times during his stay. After the third time, his demeanor changed and he became much more cooperative. We explained the change as a bit of ICU psychosis that it had resolved. The gentleman became a frequent flyer in our ICU, coming in multiple times with CHF and becoming a regular at our outpatient CHF clinic. He became a favorite, always smiling, joking, a dear man. And one day he asked me, do you remember the first time I was here and how awful I was? I assured him that I indeed remembered. He said, do you know why I changed? I replied, I didn't, but I just thought his meanness was related to his illness. He said, no, no, it wasn't that. The last time you guys brought me back when my heart stopped, I woke up and I remembered being in this very dark place. It was awful. It was totally black and there was this awful smell of sulfur and the heat was terrible. I called out and I called out and no one answered. I remember hearing that when people die, they come back and they see the, a light and a lot of other good stuff. I was scared. I didn't see a light and I knew then that I had to change. He lived a couple more years after telling me this story and when he finally died in our ICU, I have a feeling he saw the light and the good things. At least I hope so. I was working the 311 shift at a nursing home when I was doing my med pass. I was summoned by a CNA to a room. Upon entering, the CNA states, I think she just died while I was changing her. I checked for breathing, circulation, and the patient's orders. She was a DNR, do not resuscitate, then attempted to get a blood pressure, nothing. So I called to notify the patient's son who requested for mom to be sent to the ER to be pronounced and then they would go straight to the hospital. I contacted 911, our protocol for transferring for announcement, and summoned the ambulance. Approximately 20 minutes passed before the ambulance arrived. The paramedic and the EMT followed their protocol and followed the same steps I had, breathing, circulation, and blood pressure, and got nothing. By the time they loaded the patient, covered her, and set her on her way to the hospital, 30 to 40 minutes had passed. In transport to our local hospital, the ambulance had crossed a set of railroad tracks. When the ambulance crossed the tracks, the patient sat up, pulled the sheet from her head, and proceeded to point, shake her hand at the paramedic, screaming, Take me back! 
Take me back right now. I mean it. Take me back now. The EMT pulled over to check out the commotion. The paramedic exited the ambulance and proceeded to vomit. The paramedic then continued to the hospital and phoned the nursing home to tell me what had happened. Approximately an hour later, the phone uh, rang and the son was on the other line and said, I was surprised to arrive at the ER and my, and my mom greet me. Did you perform CPR after talking to me? Do you know she's a DNR, right? When the family was told of this incident, they simply said it just wasn't her time. The only thing I can come up with, even to this day, is the bumps by the railroad crossing must have jolted her heart and started beating again. Any other thoughts or ideas about this? Oh, and by the way, the paramedic resigned when a ship was over the very next morning.